It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Oh, what's going on, Philadelphia? Hello, everybody. Welcome on in to Go Birds number 53. It is uh, John Barch along with Elliot Shore Parks. Finally healthy, so thank you for uh, sticking with us, and uh, sorry there wasn't more updates to your podcast feed. There would have been more, but uh, the stomach flu is a hell of a thing, and we're back. And Elliot, we have some good news. We are finally on Spotify. We joined 2018. How about that? So uh, That is very exciting. That is very exciting. <laughs> yeah. I, am, I am Team Apple Music, but Spotify is also, I'm happy that now the Spotify people can also hear that fire. Through, uh, through the podcast app. That's right. And uh, like we said, it's probably because James finally uh, figured out how to use a playlist, except he put, what was it again, 248 songs? Yeah, 240 songs, which I still think he's wrong about this. That's not a playlist. No. Like, he's just describing his library. That's yeah. like saying I have a library on Spotify. Like, no, you don't have a playlist. <laughs> you have a library. That's right. That's exactly right. So we'll uh, we'll get into a lot of things this uh, this week because there's – there's a lot of things we miss and certainly a lot of things we want to talk about. I want to just start with this because there was a thing going around. Warren Sharp got it from the NFL turning point where the Saints had scouted Fletcher Cox on um, on times where you know he was just nice and relaxed on uh, on punt returns uh, when they mm-hmm. came to defense safe in was the call. And just in case that they run a fake punt, he's very passive. They picked up on it. It's why they ran it uh, against them on that fourth and one. And everybody kind of got up in arms about it, which I was like, well, you know, I think Les Bona chimed in and said, like, well, you do know Fletcher Cox got hurt on this play. Uh, a couple other people say, yeah, he got triple teamed or whatever. But that's what did it. I mean, at least to me, that's what did it. That's <laughs> that's just good scouting. Why, don't, why is everybody defending this? Just tip your cap and say, Hey, they did it right. They found a little hole in it. They ran it at the right time. Good good on them. You know, I don't I don't understand the outrage, Ellie. 
Yeah, I think it's because people never want to criticize Fletcher Cox. Like, look, Fletcher Cox had a great end of the season. He had a great season overall, but he was especially dominant towards the end of the season. Against the Saints, you could tell when he was in the game, like on every snap. The snaps he wasn't in there and the snaps he was, you could absolutely tell, which is a huge compliment for a defensive tackle when you consider, you know, it's they can be dominant, but it's a little tougher position to stand out. That being said... This is obviously a really bad look for Fletcher Cox. They completely scouted it. He did it against the Bears on multiple plays. It was a huge play of the game. They ran right at him. Regardless of whatever you think of whether he was trying, not trying, whatever, they still ran right at the arguably the best player on the Eagles, on the Eagles entire roster, definitely their best defensive lineman. Yep. And the reason they did it is because whether he was coached to do it that way, and I wish the locker room was still open so I could ask him, but I mean, maybe he's coached to do that. I don't know, but... Clearly, they said this guy stands up and doesn't try on plays. So that's what we're going to do. And I disagree as to like that being the most important play of the game, but it was certainly one of the most important. And yeah. it just it's a really it's a really bad look for Fletcher Cox. Yeah, it uh, and it sucks. Like and just look at the difference between Haloti Nada and the way he jumps and Fletcher Cox and the way he jumps. And there's your answer. And I don't know, just another thing to kind of go in there and fight about. It doesn't mean that Fletcher Cox isn't a, ter- a bad player or he's lazy or, or whatever. It's just like, why would you want to get hit on a or injured on a punt return? And then he got injured on a punt return. It's just kind of well, uh, the, the whole. But, but, I mean, he should be trying harder. If you're going to be out there, you have, I mean, especially given the situation. No, like I agree. You, I mean, Doug said himself after the game that part of the reason they had the state defensive punt team out there was they were expecting a That's potential a punt, yeah. uh, a fake punt. So, I mean, Fletcher has to know the situation, and he has to try harder. I mean, bottom line, like that's it. There's yeah. really no other way way to put that. Yeah, exactly. So, I just thought that was kind of uh, very, very, very defensive Eagles Twitter on that one. It's just like sometimes you just get beat, guys. Sometimes uh, you get you. That's what earns you the scouting points and. Uh, had tip to Sean Payton, even though he's an asshole. Like I don't know. That's that's right. pretty much it. So, um, and then obviously Howie and Doug spoke. They left the locker room. Well, hold on, Re- oh. really quick. Can okay, I, can I have one thing I've wanted to get off my chest. Oh please. So, all right. So, before I say this, I want everyone to remember that this is now an official pro Alshon podcast, right? Like I've written <laughs> that I was wrong about Alshon. I've tweeted it. So this is not me just driving a point home. But I've been very interested. I, I think it's been very interesting to see the reaction to Alshon's drop. Like, I think people have almost gone overboard and trying to be nice about it. Like, you know, like, oh, Alshon, we don't care, man. It's okay, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, that's fine. And you don't have to send them death threats, obviously. And clearly their Eagles fans are handling it way better than Cody Parkey did. But I still think there should be room to criticize Alshon for that play. I mean, a week yeah, later. Why there be? Like, of course. Th- th- of course there is. Right. Right. Well, but I'm saying is it's interesting how in sports, when a player has a bad game overall, he gets completely ripped. Alshon makes one really catastrophically bad play, and it's like a sensitive subject. It's like, oh, no one, you know, if I guarantee you, if I were to tweet, I guarantee you, if I were to tweet, man, a week later, still pretty crazy. Alshon costs Eagles a game. Everyone would be like, fuck you, bro. Like, yeah, blah, 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 yeah. blah, right? And I just think there should be a place to sit back and say, when you look at that Eagles game, look, we just ripped Fletcher Cox, right? Yeah. I mean, Fletcher Cox. So I think I think it should be fair game to say Alshon com- completely blew it. I mean, he completely blew it. If, if he catches that ball, I think they win the game. Now, overall, there are lots of things that happen. I'm just, I don't know. I'm a, on a bit of a rant, but I've just been noticing throughout the week how it's funny. Nobody's ripped Alshon for that play. Well, when, it, when it was one of the biggest mistakes 
in Eagles recent history. I mean, that was a massive yeah. mistake. Super Bowl, man. That's that's exactly what it is because I feel the same way. Like if that if it was any other time, if it was if there was not uh, they were not playing at a season after they won a Super Bowl. Uh, he'd be hearing about it, and he'd be yelling about it, and that's why you get paid, and that's why you're number one wide receiver, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I also, somebody said it this week, and I apologize because I can't remember who, but they just said, well, what's the difference between that and what Cody Parkey did? And I go, Oh, it was, uh, it was the Angelo Morning Show. Oh, was it? They oh, did like was a it poll, Angelo? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but I, I, it's so funny because I don't really disagree. I go, yeah. I mean, they got they had one job to do at the end. They didn't do their job. And Alshon took blame for it, and both the guys took blame for it. So it's just kind of like, all right, whatever. Like I, there's, uh, I, I can't get mad about it. Now you're wondering why there's not criticism is because I can't get mad about it. That's the biggest reason of all right. of this. This week, this this entire week has felt like, okay, that was nice. Oh, let's slowly roll out of bed, and we'll get into the off season. We'll go through draft breakdown. We'll look at some guys that we've been, you know, kind of not paying attention to. Oh yeah, draft picks. That whole thing. The off season. Oh wow, there are major choices ahead of us. We'll get to it in a week. I think that's been uh, the feel of it, at least for me. Uh, and you know, there's a little bit of Wentz Foles that kind of still gets thrown in there, and. Uh, God knows why, even though Roseman and everybody's like finally put that to rest um, for uh, for the you know moving forward, and we're really interested to see what unfolds with with Nick Foles and things. But that's pretty much why you know there's just the, all right, that was nice. Now let's go figure it out. But this is the next step that I can't figure out because we're still in. Uh, I don't want to call it La La Land, but it just seems like it is. I don't know what we're expecting as a fan base. I don't know what we're expecting as analysts. For this team mm-hmm. moving forward, there's still I, I think this is a more complicated offseason than than the last two than 2016, yeah. 2017. You knew what you needed, right? And this is you knew you needed a, a franchise quarterback. You went out and got one. You needed uh, corners. That was evident. You went out and got them. Uh, you needed running backs. You tried. You whiffed. Uh, still managed it, uh, you know, to make it together. Wide receivers, you definitely needed those. You went out and signed few. You drafted a few. Now you're at a completely different spot. You're at a, a year removed from winning the Super Bowl, uh, a, a devastating loss in New Orleans, a game that you could have won. And mm-hmm. now you have a bunch of major decisions to make. And I don't think anybody really knows what to do or say. I, I and. To me, everyone's going to go to, all right, what have we done recently here and what's good? Can Cravion LeBronc hang? Yes. I I think that's (laughs) – Cravon, excuse me. I always say Cravion for some reason. I do too. Uh, too. Cravon, oh, he can play. He's going to stay, which is like, whoa, to me. Like, yeah, he'll probably be around in the mix and all that, but I'm not really sure. There's so many things hanging up in the air. I believe uh, uh, in what Howie Roseman said. I wouldn't be surprised if there is not an edge rusher or a defensive tackle or an inside guy or a nose tackle or whatever. There could be 15 of those guys off of the board before you get to 25. So what he said is correct in a kind of – that's still to me biggest need is to just continue to shore up that defensive line. I don't think Brandon Graham is back. I don't think that uh, Chris Long is going to be back. And that's that's huge. Those are two major things. Now you're li- relying on Josh Sweat, who's injured and and not proven. You're relying on Derek Barnett, who's had uh, uh, two, I think, two good seasons before he got injured. Um, and and now you're just kind of sitting there going like, wow. And Timmy Jernigan's back could go out at any time. I think their focus is still on the defensive line. It's a perfect way to do it. And I'm I'm fine with that, Elliot. Would you be okay with that approach? 
Yeah, look, I well, I'll hear it. Let me say one thing first. I'm not as sure as you are that Brandon Graham is not going to be back. Okay. I think after talking to him in the locker room, I will say like he did he did act like he wasn't going to be back. I mean, he talked about it at length. He hugged all the media members. He I could see him even in the hallways going around to different staff members, and you know I I, did, I couldn't hear their conversation, but it kind of had a goodbye feel to it. So I you know I think I'm not saying that it's a definite shot he's going to be back, but he did say pretty openly which is and this is probably the most i've ever heard a player say in terms of willing to actually say it out loud he is taking a hometown discount if they'll give it to him oh, i mean yeah. he even yeah, yeah. he even threw out the thing like you know maybe uh maybe two million bucks which it's funny to think he's you know oh, just two million dollars but uh you know so <laughs> I, so i'm not I'm not as convinced he's going to be gone because kind of the reasons you just mentioned they really need him i mean i think chris long you know, obviously they would like to have him back. I think his cap hits around $4 million. He played at a high level, obviously means a lot in the locker room. But he almost retired last offseason. Wouldn't completely surprise me if he was gone. So then you look at the defensive end position, you know, you need Graham. And uh, while we're on this, actually, let me ask you, what would you think of the Chris Wilson thing? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, we didn't even uh, – we should have probably jumped into that. I thought that was very surprising. Although I would say – um, Chris Wilson to me in the conversations that I've had with him and it's only been a few here and there and I was lucky enough to catch him you know going to the combine last year and we we're on the same plane and chatting him up a little bit he mm. seems like a guy to me that was way more respected by the vets and very much not respected by the guys that they were trying to bring up for whatever reason like Brandon Graham loved him uh, even uh, Derek Barnett really likes him uh, a lot of the vets did uh, I don't know if I don't know if the younger so- guys necessarily did that was my takeaway. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I've never gotten that takeaway, but uh, I mean, look, I think, you know, it's hard for me to sit here and say like, okay, with, with Gunter Brewer, right? First of all, this is going to, they're going to be on their fourth wide receiver coach in four years, which is pretty wild yeah. next off next season. Uh, so they definitely need to stabilize that. But especially when you consider they're probably going to bring in some young receivers, but Gunter Brewer, you can kind of point and you can say, okay, Shelton Gibson, I don't know if I want to say he took a step back because he had a strong training camp, but he obviously did not contribute the way they would have hoped. I mean, you can kind of look around. Aguilar maybe regressed, but I think that was more of an offensive thing than a wide receiver coach thing. Um, But you could kind of look and say, okay, well, I can see why they wouldn't bring him back. Plus, just the times I I was around Gunter Brewer, I don't really – I don't know. I just don't. I never really saw him as a fit in that building. And I don't mean it as a negative way towards him or the Eagles or anything. I just – Is it because he made too many jokes? because what because he made too many jokes yeah i don't he was just like a i don't know i i can't really describe it i just never really got the vibe he was like he really fit in with that coaching staff but uh but with chris wilson i mean i was i was stunned when i when i saw that report um i mean he i think he's done a fantastic job i think you could see it last year with Derek barnett uh i mean if you want to point to josh sweat this year maybe not developing but i find it hard to believe they didn't renew his contract because of that um, I mean, I'm trying to do some digging around on it. I'm wondering if maybe this was like his personal decision, but I just can't imagine a world where they decided not to bring him back because the defensive line has been really good. You've mm-hmm. seen, I mean, Fletcher Cox has improved. So I, I'm just, I was stunned by that news. Yeah, I thought that was really weird. And, you know, for the most part, like I said, like he is, I I like him, you know, just as a person, as a human being. He yeah. seems like a fantastic communicator. Um, you know, I know he gets like really hard and, and down on, on guys, but like, that's, that's what you do. I mean, it's part of the, part of the gig and it's part. So I, I don't really know. And, and trust me between me and Elliot, 
it would all be speculation. Even even that, I I don't I don't even know. I'm just guessing mostly right. at this point. The only thing I can come up with is that. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm really. I, curious I wonder what if happens. maybe like I know his son um, is a football player. Like I don't know, maybe he wants to go somewhere. I just. I mean, and again, you, you point to his personality, like whoever's going to be this defensive coach, defensive line coach next year, you need a strong personality to coach that room. Yeah, I mean, Fletcher sure. Cox, Timmy Jernigan, Michael Bennett, Chris Long. I mean, these guys are smart veteran players that feel like they know how to play the game and they do. Like, I'm not saying someone has to come in here and change things around, but you know, as a different kind of example, you talk about Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Everyone says, well, you know, he can't really be coached at this point, even though he has things he has to change. You need a coach that's going to go in there and willing to push these guys, even though they all have very impressive resumes. Yeah, definitely. So we'll have to, uh, I don't know, just kind of kind of keep an eye on it and see what happens. And I don't know when the next availability will be. It might not even be till what, March at this point, right? When, uh, when free well, agents we, we, we might not get the assistant coaches. I mean, maybe they'll make them available when they hire them. Yeah. I kind of doubt, but I mean, it might, it honestly might not be until training camp. Yeah. So should be, uh, should be, uh, and a long wait for an answer, even if we, uh, if we get one anywhere, I hope uh, nothing but, uh, but good luck to Chris Wilson. Honestly, I hope it's for another gig and, uh, he ends up yeah. uh, being somewhere else or just as is calling it quits or whatever, whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty uh, pretty surprising here. But uh, getting back to just the defensive line in general and, and why I still think they need to concentrate on that too is just like, I don't know, they're, they're, I, it, when you look at the free agency board, and we always get stuck in this too, um, I tried a couple of different things, and I don't think a lot of people like the results and answers, but I, I don't think that the Eagles are in a tight cap situation when it comes to being able to sign players especially if they are able to, you know, make make some moves and decisions and it's how and it's a and it's a cap and like I'm never worried about that part of it. I just don't know position-wise where they're going to be able to fill and there's not a lot of guys with humongous needs other than like I don't know, I the linebacker is is one of them and the only guy that uh it kind of sticks out uh is Quan Alexander, you know, and I don't know if Tampa Bay is keen on on holding on to him and he's coming off of injury and God knows what else, and there's been, hey, what about uh, let's stay in Tampa Bay, and even even guys were tweeting. I saw Brandon Brooks tweet back and forth with Fletcher Cox about uh, yeah. Gerald McCoy this morning and being like, yeah, you know, and there's been some rumors that Tampa wants to let him go, so I don't know. What about Vinny Curry? Uh, yeah, why not Vinny Curry? Sure, why not bring him back, you know, and just right. say, and just say, yeah, we, we need you to be uh, Chris Long this year, and I'm sure uh, that he would fit in with that too, so I don't know. what do you, Is this going to be, in just terms of in your mind, can they sign the bigger name guys, one or two, to help this team? Or do you think they're going to stay away from that and focus on the draft here? Well, okay, so let's take one step back. So I do want to talk about free agency, but you kind of mentioned they'll get to a lot of cap space easily, which I think they will ultimately. And I, I love writing salary they cap can. stories. Excuse but every- me. They-, they can is what I'm saying. I don't know if they will. Yeah. Right. No, no. So what I'm saying is every year I love writing the salary cap story about how, oh, man, they're eight million dollars over the cap. Like <laughs> and then they end up with, you know, like 30, 30 million dollars. So yes. but to me, the two the two big decisions that are really going to impact how much salary cap, cap space this team has Nick Foles and Jason Peters. Now, Nick Foles, obviously, barring. I won't say a miracle, but I don't think he's going to be back next year. But the question is, do they hold him into the start of free agency? Because if they 
feel they can trade him or if they want to franchise him and kind of drag this thing out, that'll be an indication that they don't have players they really want to go after. Because remember, they can't trade Foles until the start of the league, new league year. I mean, they can have a deal laid out and feel good about it, but they have to carry that money over into the new league year and they have to be under the cap by the start of the new league year. So if you're going to carry Foles over, that's a big portion. Um, the other one, though, is Jason Peters because Every year we say, all right, he's going to be gone. He's going to be gone. And then he just – he never is. So so I'm wondering if he definitely is going to be gone or if there's going to be some type of salary cap reconstruction or whatever. But I I am not 100% he's going to be gone. Now, those two guys right there, that's $28 million in salary cap space. So what they do with those two people – is really going to decide how far how far they can get uh, in terms of salary cap space. Yeah, and uh, I I think he's going to be back again. Is that weird? Like, I just don't think – I think he is in complete control of whether or not he wants to do it, and I don't think the Eagles are going to force him out one way or the other. And I don't uh, – unless he's like, really, all right, that, that was it. We tried to make a run. It was a nice run. I'm tired of getting stretched out every single day by the trainer and, you know, getting yeah. the uh, – so I think he's going to be back at least for one more year. I don't think they're going to move Well, here's the him. question. If he is back, is he back as the starter then? I mean, he's not going to come as a backup. Right? No, yeah, no, as a starter. And then that can uh, – I don't know. Maybe it can – if can get that kid from West Virginia, what's his name? Uh, he's got a really awesome. I have one. not started my draft. Oh, stuff I, yet, I, I, just I, to be I, I dove right in. You know, two days. You got to go. There you go. Film. There uh, you go. Remember the name? Uh, I always forget how to pronounce his first name. Is it Yodian? Uh, Yodian Kajust from West Virginia, from the Big Twelve. Shout out to uh, Wes out there, uh, who's uh, I know is listening to this podcast. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I, I would certainly put them in the same vein as uh, you know the Halapuli Vili Vitae <laughs> of tough names to pronounce. So Y-O- that seems like that would be a good one. What do you think it is? Y o d n y. Y o d n y. Y o d n. Yeah, Yodi sounds right. Yodni, something like that, or maybe Yodney, the, 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 yeah. the N is silent. We'll have to d- uh, dive into that, but we'll do uh, we'll do certainly a lot of uh, get into that and have uh, a lot of d- different kind of draft breakdowns. Throughout the uh, throughout the you know the off season because it's it's time gang it's time to get on the old YouTube and I would uh, never call myself a, a draft expert but we talk to a lot of people that uh, supposedly know what they're talking about yeah man and, the uh, combine in a month basically you know, crazy five weeks yeah uh, we've already hit the Shrine game too and like if that's any indication of uh, of what's happening here I think there's three or four prospects there's two of them I know that the Eagles talk to. Uh, Daylon Brown, who is a uh, Texas A&M, he's an edge rusher, uh, nose tackle. Uh, they can kind of put him anywhere. Um, uh, the, but reading on, on just what uh, what other people are saying about him, he went from Shrine. He gets invited to the Senior Bowl, which is very important. And then they also, who's the other kid from Boston College? Uh, it was a UA OEA uh, or something like that. I'm butchering your name. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to look for it in the in my uh, in my timeline right now, but it's not helping me at all. So. I'm just going to leave that be. But, you know, Shrine Game's kind of wrapping up, so I'm sure we'll have yeah. reports from them too. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really curious now to see just how things move on. And, 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 and speaking of that, like, what is what do you think is going to happen? What's the first kind of, oh, wow, they're moving on from him cut? Well, hmm, that's an interesting one. I mean, I mean, Jason Peters makes the most sense, yeah. right? Like that would be the first one. You cut him early, you save the money, you make it clear you have respect for him. That would seem to be the first one. I mean, Timmy Jernigan, maybe, but he played so well at the end of the year and they're so thin at defensive tackle. 
That's tough. I mean, probably Rod, probably not Rodney. I think he's he's probably going to be back. I mean, Foles would also make sense, kind of like an announcement. Hey, we're not picking up the option. But yeah. but let me ask you. I mean, what would what would you do if you were Howie and the, with the Foles situation? How would you handle it? What would just what would be your game plan there? I don't think that like at one point I go, oh yeah, I bought into. They can uh, they can franchise tag him and then maybe they can get some value from him and whatever and I go that's not going to work that's not going to work at all because teams would wait it out and do the same thing and the UK yeah. <laughs> like that's just too much of a mess and a hassle I don't think I, I I'm starting to subscribe to what you were telling me at least last off season as well I don't think that there's a ton of interest in Nick Foles. I just don't, no. and 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 to try and get anything from him. So, like, I believe the biggest reaction, if they somehow pull off a trade, even if it's right now, you know, they they pick up the option or whatever, and somebody it's a, or it's a, a sign in trade, and they can kind of work that out somehow. I think you're going to look at something more or less like an extra late day three pick, like a fifth yeah, or, round or pick like or a rotational like player. Honestly, yeah, yeah, it could be a player. Type of deal. Player would probably um, make most sense in this case, but I think that's what we're looking at. Would you trade him for Leonard Fournette? That's been going around too. I don't think I'm doing that, and that's just based on what's been going on down in Jacksonville. Now, granted, um, it's Tom Coughlin, and I, I'm sure that uh, he is he runs his ship the way he wants it to. And I'm not a big believer in Doug Marone, and you know who cares about where they came from? Can is he a talent? Absolutely. I always thought Leonard Fournette was RB one in this draft class. I was wrong. Um, that's that's been eclipsed by a couple of other guys already, and that just shows you how deep and 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 crazy that class is. I don't do it just based on people down there in Jacksonville saying he's been a big pain in the ass ever since he walked in there. He's already injury prone. Um, I I don't. I mean, sure. I guess that. Why wouldn't you take that? Because it's just you're not going to keep Foles anyway, and why not? Right. Make it's, sure if, if it's Leonard Fournette, it's very low risk. I just wouldn't expect anything from it. And Leonard Fournette is the type of guy that just doesn't really fit as well. And I didn't believe this either during the draft process, but now after looking at how this runs, he needs 25, 26, 27 carries to get going. And you're not going to get that in this offense. You're just not. It's, well, it's not I know you love enough. running the ball, so I'm surprised to hear uh, <laughs> you don't want to give him 27 carries a game. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I, I would welcome it, but at, you know, whatever it is, three point five yards a clip or three point four, what um, I would, I'm, I'm looking for. No, and the thing is, I love running backs. I'm on the opposite ends of both arguments. I'm on no running backs are actually valuable and we're undervaluing them. And no, you don't need to run the ball as much anymore traditional uh, to go win football games. But they need they need a Kamara. They need you know some something like that. They need a dynamic running back, which uh, is still on the list. And that's kind of the the thing that'll always get tossed around too. Is you know people are going to be allured by yeah, why not? It's Leonard Fournette. But do you think they try and solve the running back problem? Yeah, I think they have to, right? I mean, you look at this depth chart going forward. Who's the player you're most excited about? Wendell Smallwood. I mean, Josh Adams had a really bad end to his season. Darren Sproles did play well at the end, but also another year older. I mean, who knows You know what he'll be back with, so maybe Wendell Smallwood. I mean, look, they have three picks in the first two rounds. I, yeah. I don't know if they use one on a running back. But I don't think between so. Yeah. You don't think so? Okay, no. well, I don't I don't know how, again, not to use the cliche, I don't know how the draft board will shake out, but, like, I don't know <laughs> what the options will be there, right? Sure. Like, who knows? I mean, you know, I, I would have taken Dalvin Cook over Sidney Jones, and I think 
Uh, you could debate that one now. But like, regardless, th- I, there could be a situation where a player falls there and it makes sense. But I just think between having three picks in the first two rounds and having – you'll probably end up with some pretty good cap space. Like, I would make a play for a serious running back. And I do think they will just because when you look at the rest of their offense, I mean, they need a speed guy, but they have probably the best set of tight ends in the league. They Left tackle, we could debate. But like, running back is the glaring hole on this team. And I, I do believe this will be the offseason to get it done, especially – if you believe the whole levy on Bell, they had interest thing. I don't know how much I believe that, but uh, you know, I do think there's been enough kind of breadcrumbs of them showing interest in running backs that I think this is finally the offseason they pull the trigger on one. Yeah, and they and they should, and it should be like a uh, just a just a couple of names. And obviously, I've been watching David Montgomery for the last two years because you know it's not from, but it's the opposite of from. It's that dirty school, Ohio, Iowa State, and I know he's gotten a lot of buzz and. <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of getting yeah. him into the it's it's the ridiculous part of just like he's got hands like Saquon Barkley and feet like Barry Sanders and you're going like all right calm down he's not even probably the best uh, running back on the board anymore but there are a bunch of uh, Miles Sanders I know is is another guy that keeps brought uh, keeps uh, getting brought up from Penn State never I know running back you now as uh, as everybody goes through and uh, Benny Snell who's the only other guy from Kentucky who I thought was was kind of uh, interesting there uh, two, and that's probably you know another day three running back, and most of these guys get shoved down just because of how the class shakes out, well, as Elliot was saying. But I think they have to take another stab and and maybe draft two of them or one of them and sign a couple of U, uh, UDFAs again, and that's how it's going to have to operate from now on. My other big question, actually, for you, and the only reason why I say that. Well, is this do, moving on from running back? Because I have a running back question Oh, I, please, fire away. All right, so – don't have to give it, you don't have to give a committed answer. Okay. I'm just curious. Like, what's your Kareem Hunt thought? I mean, because that he is out there. And I mean, if 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 you were told he could play, like the NFL says to you, he is gonna be you know eligible to play. Yeah. I mean, that is the elephant in the room, right? I mean, he's he's yeah, out there, he's bright. talented. He, so I don't know. I don't when when he was released by the Chiefs, I wrote the Eagles should not claim him. And right. I still stand by that. But that was also at the time. I mean, now you're talking about, you know, months later. I don't know. Is it something the Eagles should do their homework on? Yeah, but I don't want it here. You know, like I, I just. Yeah, uh, I think that's where I, where I fall as well. That's if you want to go, okay, take the take your perspective out of it and j- take your natural human instinct out of it um, and say, yeah, objectively, sure, of course, that fits a hole and everybody's going to go there. I think that's going to be the most popular thing. They should just go out and do it and, you know, whatever. And I know Vince Quinn is one of the guys that does not care about the morality of it. He is there to be entertained and doesn't care about the social side of it. And he would say, like, yeah, go and do it. I personally can't do that. I can't. I just can't. Like it's it's not it's not something that I'm comfortable with ever. I've, that's ever since we've started this podcast. I think everybody knows my viewpoint on how that goes. And if it was an eagle or if it wasn't an eagle, I don't care. I just don't want them on this football team. Uh, it doesn't mean that I don't think people deserve second chances or that they, you know, it do, it just doesn't have to be here. And yeah. and it's way too recent. And I don't. I didn't really see in the interviews that he gave afterwards. I didn't. I didn't really see any kind of remorseful, like, "Oh my God, you knew this thing was out there." There's always that kind of ugly underbelly of the NFL, which we really don't understand fully. What kind of continues to happen and what continues to get swept under the rug a lot of the time, even here in Philadelphia or elsewhere. 
So I just I get it. I understand. It's, it's I I can't do it. You know, like that's that's not for me. But maybe two three years on down the line, if he looks like he's uh, reha- rehabbed himself as a man, then maybe you know. But not not this off season, and certainly not um, when. Carson Wentz is going to be have enough pressure on him already. You don't want that kind of circus getting in there. And that's actually leads me to my next question to you. Okay. Does do we see the extension for Carson Wentz this offseason or not? Do we see it or should we see it? Those are two different questions. I think I we mean, should see it personally. I don't know if it happens, but I think we should see it now. So I would not do it. And I'll preface this by saying it's not so much an anti-Wentz take. It's more of a, I'm just not a big believer in handing out extensions to players really early when you're talking about this magnitude of money. If you're talking about, you know, handing it to Lido Shepard or, 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 you know, a guy that you're going to pay a decent amount of money but is not a franchise-type quarterback money or even Fletcher Cox-type defensive tackle money, then maybe, yes, I can see the logic of locking somebody up early. But a guy like Carson that is going to make a ton of money is going to it's it's a franchise defining decision. I mean, you know, in the NFL you can get out of deals earlier than you can in the NBA, but regardless, you're still if you lock Carson up now, you're saying he is our guy taking up the majority of the cap space for the next 3 or 4 years. Yeah. When you have the when you have the ability to just pay him, I think it's a total of 20 million over the next 2 years. I think it's 8 million or 9 million this year. I would just I would wait. I would rather pay more down the line. And know what I'm getting, then then uh, pay him now. Because let's be honest, player aside, the injury is a major concern with me. I mean, like whether you think he's, you know, we we debated whether he was better than Patrick Mahomes at one point. So I I think we can both agree that the potential is certainly there. But yeah. ACL and back injuries probably the two worst injuries you can have for a quarterback, other than the throwing shoulder injury. So. I would not sign him this offseason unless he is willing to take such a massive discount with such an easy out, and I don't think he would do that. Uh, by the way, Patrick Mahomes is still the better quarterback, just just for everybody to be to be clear on that. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, right. Uh, and um, yeah, I see, that's the other thing too. Like the the one of the things people say is, well, you got to sign him now before Patrick Mahomes gets his deal. Well, no, you don't. Mahomes is gonna. Mahomes could also end his this year with a Super Bowl MVP on his resume. That's right. He threw 50 touchdowns in one year. I mean, anything can happen. Like, who knows, next year maybe Mahomes isn't as good. But at this point, Mahomes is A, not injured, and B, a better player than Wentz. Yeah, so right. he's not going to get Mahomes' money regardless of what Mahomes gets. Um, I, I do it only because in the same way that you got to bet on this a little bit too. you know, And your, your way makes sense, but it also might piss him off. You know, I don't want to get into the piss off stage of like, okay, we can pay you now, then we can tag you, and so on and so on, and play that game. It's worked out before. I'm not saying it's it's the it's a bad idea. It actually allows more playmakers around you. And like you said, if he's willing to take that home ca- hometown discount, which I don't think he is, um, then you know he can. Then you can take that path. But I do it now because you you bet on it. The market's always going to c- get constantly reset. Um, and for the Eagles, it's much better right now if they get it done now. Uh, if Carson and his agent are not interested in doing that, that's fine, and I understand that too. But the Eagles— well, But why is it better for the Eagles if they get it done just now? Like, like look, how look, much money are you really saving? Uh, millions of dollars over the next next four or five years. Millions okay, of dollars. Okay, give but me, give me a rough, like when you say millions, right? Uh, like let's see. So, 50 million? So I project—I uh, think you could lock him into a deal— that would be 
$27 million a year. $27 okay. million a year for the next five years, right? Uh, or or whatever it is, seven years. I don't, I don't know. Let's say five. So uh, over that, that's um, uh, 80, $82 million. Is that right? So I want to check my math. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. That sounds really wrong because five times 20 is 100. Oh, so. yeah. Duh. Wow. That's really bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, that is, uh, what is it, uh, well, five, five, that's uh, 35, oh yeah, so uh, $135 million, that's a, that's a, that's a, a big difference. But that, that is going to get c- continually going to be increasing itself as it goes on. So um, Jameis Winston but, but see, and- but my counter, But my counter to that would be, first of all, you're saving, t- like, so all right, so you, let's say you give him a deal where it pays him $27 million, and normally the, f- a, a year. And normally the first year of a deal, the hit is low. So it probably wouldn't be a $27 million hit. Or maybe you give him an extension where you still pay him $8 million this year sure. or something like that, right? right, right. But my, my point regardless is you, you still are spending more in the next two years than you have to. So maybe you're saving money in years five, five six, seven. But the cap's going to go up. So, so you're going you're gonna to get that money back is what I'm saying. You're going to get right. that money back just, to, just on the sport being great on its own. Uh, well, until the CBA runs out and then who knows, whatever, which is always the wrench in here. You might not get an opportunity to sign Carson Wentz. That's my other worry. I know it's silly, but, um, like, what do you mean? What if you go into a strike here with no deal, you know? And that's the other thing that is always in the back of my mind. So if you have, well, the strike will end. It's not like it's going to end with a fantasy ah, draft of all the players in the league. But I'm saying, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is I've seen new CBA screw up a lot of different stuff, right? Like I, I, <laughs> I don't I don't want Carson Wentz unsigned going into a possible lockout strike year. That's that's my biggest goal is that's number one. Cause, so here's here's where we differ. OK, one. All right. So you mentioned Carson Wentz's feelings about, you know, you don't want to piss him off. You want to keep that relationship. I just don't want to keep, I, yeah, I don't want to keep that going after year one or year two. That's all. Yeah, and I can see that point, and I also can see your point of the lock in, in the locking up early. But my overall takeaway with Carson right now is like he has not earned the right to have me take his feelings into consideration if I'm the front office. And honestly, he has not. He did not play well enough last year. He's not seen uh, no, healthy no, no, enough. No, no, well, no. You're already moving on from Nick Foles. So <laughs> kind of. What do you mean? You're eliminating your leverage by saying that. If they really said I don't care about your feelings, you'd be like, actually, we're going to hold on to Nick. Well, yeah, that's it. what that's what I would do. But I, I know that. And to be clear, I would not hold on to Nick and make him the starter. I would make Carson the starter. Yeah. I just think you with Carson, you need to go into next season having an having an elite backup. And to to what your point you made a little earlier in the podcast, which I agree with, I don't think there's going to be a huge market out there for Foles. So I I don't think the idea that you could get Foles back on this roster for. 10 11 million dollars a year if like you know you guarantee maybe for three years so you guarantee him 30 million or whatever i don't think it's crazy just because i think i still think in his heart Foles wants to be here i think he would rather stay here as a backup than go to a less than ideal situation and start i just truly believe that so back to carson's like his feelings to that degree, I would bring Foles back and not care what impact it had on Carson. I would also <laughs> not worry about damaging the relationship with Carson because he has to play well. Like at the end of the day, it's been three years. He's not played in the playoff games. As he said himself, he's ended it two of the years hurt on the bench. Like, why am I rushing to lock this guy up? Like I get your thing about the money, but there's also the, maybe I'm locking up the wrong guy. Well, but the same, sure. But the same reason and the same things can be said about Zach Ertz. 
Fletcher Cox, uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I mean, this happened a lot, you know, and this would these- consider it's considerably less money, though. Other than Cox, it's considerably less money. Uh, but they were paid at the time at the highest spots of their position. Lane Johnson, the same thing. We didn't know he was the best right tackle. Everybody was so concerned about the PEDs and what happens if he does this. Then he's suspended for two years and da 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 and da 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 and on and on and on. Like there was there there there's all those things, but that's the inherent risk of all of those things as a as opposed to paying a much higher price now because now let's say you wait out those two years. Let's say Carson Wentz has proved himself that like you don't have to worry about that is injury and guess what he's back to back MVPs now you're going to be he's going to be demanding 33 million a year or 34 you know what, million then fine. On- I'll, I'll pay him that I'll pay him that then. <laughs> I'll pay him the extra 7 if if in 2 years he's worth 34 million dollars then I'll just pay it to him and I'll have the top three quarterback in the league and no one's going to sit here and say oh man you could have had Carson for 27 because he'll be the best quarterback in the league and I'll be paying him like it but so what he'll be the best guy but what could happen is if you pay him now and you pay him this huge deal, next year he re-injures back. He, he re-tears his ACL. That's like, fine. You're, out of, the, you're, you're out of the deal faster. You're out of the deal He's faster. not out of the deal faster. In what way are you out of the deal faster? So because you signed it. What happens, if he, what happens if he breaks his back after the after the scenario I just gave? What if he goes back-to-back back and now you're in for $34 million and then he breaks his back and then you're right, screwed? Right. But you would have also then, in theory, had two years of him playing healthy at an elite level, which you don't have right now. So you would have more of a reason to do it. I mean, look, any player can get hurt at any point. <laughs> Brandon it. Brooks tore his Achilles, right? right? Like, it can happen at any point. Yes. My only point, my, my only argument I'm making is there is, at this point of Carson's career, not projecting the future, just looking at what he is on paper right now, he is an injury prone quarterback that's had three seasons one where he played really good two where he was okay that's that's, who he is right now but that's why ellie that's why you get a deal done now that's why you're trying to get it just just to a point where you can not use it against him but bring those things up and be like listen we're comfortable with this we know what kind of quarterback carson is we want him to know that he's our future and uh, for 25 million dollars a year for the next five years that's what we're going to go and do Let's start yeah, there. You just you just throw around twenty five million dollars like you're like oh just twenty five million bucks. I mean, like again, who knows because how because you're be trying structured. to create value each in every year that he has that contract as he moves up, which allows you to get more weapons around him or shore up defensive lines or go get you that safety, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We bitch so much about once you sign the quarterback, you don't have any money. the The gamble is. The longer you wait, the the more the market goes up. The QB market, as as much as Kevin Clark wants to believe it's not, it is not going to burst ever. It is not going to pop. We are in the middle of QB heaven. We are in the middle of guys that can play at an elite level. We are at guys that are going to take those guys' positions in the next three or four years, and we've got a, a slew of good quarterbacks underneath that we can all debate about. That's the issue. And everybody yeah, kind of goes and blinks and goes like, well, just pay the quarterback less or find a way and just spend those on weapons. And it's just it's just not how it works. Yeah, but you're only you're only looking at the you're only looking at the positive aspect of it. Like, yes, I agree. If you signed him for twenty eight million dollars right now and he turned it out to be as good as everyone thinks he is. Yeah, that's a steal. A hundred percent. What's been the, the down? Re- what's been the downside of any of these contracts? I'd like to know. Okay, well, the obvious one right now is Kirk Cousins. I mean, he, he they just paid him a shit ton of money, and he he's not very good. Well, that's but, not. I mean, is 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 Carson Wentz better than Kirk Cousins? I don't know. Oh, I you mean, don't I, know? I mean, come on, that should be an easy yes. 
Of course okay, but I'm just saying you need to like look at a certain point everyone needs to readjust the way they see Carson like look I was team Carson I this time last year I said I wouldn't trade him there would not be a single player in the league I would trade him for and not a single trade I would make for him so I have I have stamped my flag as pro Carson but I am just saying we need to like like you need to readjust things and again I would take Carson over Kirk Cousins absolutely I think Carson's ceiling is higher than Kirk Cousins absolutely Carson needs to stay healthy and he needs to play at a high level consistently. He's only been in the league three years. Like this isn't a guy that we've seen produce for six or seven years. Sure. But I mean, I'm just saying like that's, that's again, it really just falls on, on what position you lie on. And that's why I think we're on opposite sides. You bet on, you got to bet somewhere, you know, you can't just be like, Oh, look at all these results. Now I'll pay you, you know, cause it could backfire just the same way. I would rather take the gamble, pay you now, get you under market value, and for the eternity of that contract, I'm going to have you at a great price, which is actually going to allow me to build a better roster, leave me more flexible ins and outs as you go along, and hey, but- on top of that, I'm Howie Roseman. I have to now rebuild an entire window. When I said at the beginning of the show that this is going to be, this is this right here, 2019, seems to be, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just not a worried or nervousness, I'm saying, the front office has one hell of a job, one hell of a job ahead of them. I I wouldn't want to do it, and this seems really really hard because you're gonna you're gonna move on from a lot of different guys, and you have to make sure that you've got guys ready to go to basically compete for another Super Bowl immediately. Which is like, wow, that's a that's a that's a pretty big deal. But hold on, last point I'll make I'll about let, Carson. Yeah, you take the last word. Last word. Like, okay, yeah, maybe you signed to this amazing cheap deal and in four years everyone's sitting here and going, man, Carson is so underpaid. What a steal. What do you think? Carson's just going to sit there and be like, oh, man, in three years I'll be able to renegotiate. Like he's going to ask for a new deal if in three years he's not making the money he should. So I just think how many quarterbacks in the league right now that aren't rookies are on like a deal where you're like, man, what a steal. Russell Wilson. Yeah, He's about to get a new deal. I'm just saying, but but when he got paid, I'm saying when he got paid, wow, what a deal. You know, uh, I'd have to look it up and say, I I don't know off the top of my head. I'd throw Andrew Luck in there too. Andrew Luck, what a steal. Uh, uh, Jeez, I can't even remember the top, uh, the top QB. That that might be an interesting debate, but like. Yeah, we'll do this for the next one because I know we've been going on this for a while, but I will, (laughs) will, let's do that for the next podcast. I'll pull up quarterback contracts and we'll, we'll go steal or no steal. Okay. That sounds fun to me, but Ellie, we need to do one thing before you leave. Do you know what that is? I hope it's not ring the bell because I fucking suck at that. That's what it is. It's time for the picks. Hit me. It's time to ring the bell and place some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. The picks, of course, brought to you by the Casino at Delaware Park. We can watch and wager on all of today's and uh, tomorrow's and whenever you're listening to this playoff games. It's championship edition. The Casino Delaware Park is, of course, a uh, lottery agent of the Delaware Lottery. You must be 21 to play. But, Elliot, you don't have to be what? 21 to, to watch? Yeah, there it is. Like... All right. Here we go. James is you doing the mid- You need seltzer back <laughs> in your life right now. He's producing the midday show right now. So uh, let us go to the uh, Philadelphia foes, or at least as it is right now, and maybe they can uh, maybe they control the Rams down in uh, down in New Orleans as 
pretty even across the board here. I mean, the consensus is uh, is three. Really hasn't moved. It opened at three and a half. Do the Rams take care of business in New Orleans, Elliot? Absolutely not. Look, I said the winner of that Eagles-Saints game was going to win the Super Bowl. I still believe that. Uh, the, go, the Rams are not going into New Orleans and beating the Saints. The Saints, they remind me a lot of the Eagles last year. Barely beat the Falcons, and then they went and they smashed the Vikings around. I think they're just going to blow the Rams out um, picking the Saints. Oh, ring that bell, baby. Wow. I, I, wow. I, see, I see a fault line crack in, uh, in this New Orleans team, and maybe they pick it up, and maybe this is exactly like you know, the Falcons come into the link and it's it's a back and forth and, oh, you know, you could have beaten the Eagles. And then they just, maybe this is their 38-7, to 7, so I might look foolish. Some reason, I think the Rams running game is just perfect for them. Sheldon Rankins being out is a huge, huge deal, uh, especially with uh, who would have thought C.J. Anderson going into there. So I like the Rams. I like a little ball control. I think they pull off the upset. And uh, Elliot let us, uh, this is interesting too. Uh, I love that Julian Edelman is trying to act like uh, they're underdogs now or bet against us or whatever when all it is is simply giving the home line Kansas City minus three. Uh, interestingly enough, though, this slid down three points in the uh, the over and under. went from 58 to 55 and a half, which is uh, spidey senses well, tingling. snow, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So uh, I uh, Mahomes versus Brady. And I, I think this is the time where Kansas City breaks the choke moniker, man. I think uh, this is the New England's last stop on the road. I thought it was real cute that they beat up on the Chargers, and that was fun and all. But um, I think Kansas City and Andy Reid, even though uh, it doesn't he have a terrible record against Bill. I think he does. Yeah, I think it's well. I mean, obviously, we we know one game he lost against yeah, Bill in the that's playoffs. Right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but oh, yeah, no, I don't. I think it's bad. I think it's like zero and four or something like that. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm still going to take him, and I'm going to go. Uh, Andy Reid finally beating, finally beating Bill Belichick to go to his second Super Bowl ever. I agree. I think the. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I just think, like you said, it's their time. It seems like they have kind of that feel about them this year. I think Mahomes plays well. And again, I think the weather, I actually thought the weather was going to hurt the Chiefs in that game against the Colts, but seeing them in the snow play really well, still score points, I think they do beat the Patriots. Uh, one in five, uh, Randy Reid is to Bill Belichick, and this is from 2017, so I don't know if they've uh, played each other since then, but uh, hasn't been uh, hasn't been too great. So uh, plenty of stuff to get into in this offseason. want to thank everybody again for listening wherever it is. And again, we are officially back on Spotify, so make sure to hit that follow button. Uh, or not that we, uh, we were never on it. What am I saying? We're now on Spotify, so hit that follow button there. Um, I know I use uh, Spotify a lot when I'm not using the radio.com app, so uh, we are out there. Elliot, any uh, final thoughts, pal? So the day I got back from New Orleans, your boy adopted a dog for the first what? time. What? Right. I know. Congratulations. I know. What kind of dog? It is, I believe, a spaniel mix. I don't know. I got it from like an adoption type. Like they save him from the south, you know, like that good guy type of stuff, you know, that that type of thing. Nice. But here's my question. All here's right. my question. I don't know. Have you, have you? Do you have a dog? I don't know. If, think you'll currently do, right? No, I don't. I, I used to many eons ago. All right. So here's my question for you and the followers. Like, how the fuck do I create this dog? Like, all right. So at night, I've been I've been trying to put him in the crate. Right. Yeah. And so that so that I can sleep. It's me and my girlfriend so that, you know, he's not into bed with us, but he just howls and howls and I feel bad. 
So and literally ever since I adopted the dog, I've been sleeping in an air mattress in the living room with him <laughs> on it because he won't he won't stop crying otherwise. So th- so literally I went to New Orleans. So it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, New Orleans. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I've been on the air mattress. I haven't slept in my own bed since before I left for New Orleans. So yeah. anybody out there, any tips you have on how to get this dog to sit in the crate quietly? Like I've put toys in there. Any advice? Well, I am let me all year. actually let me ask you a quick question. Are you putting a are you putting a bed in the crate? A doggy bed in the crate? Yeah, well, so I don't have a doggy bed, but I have a, I put like uh it's a pretty big crate. He's really small. He's only like seven he's three and a half months. He's only seven pounds. What kind of dog so is it? It's a spaniel. I think spaniel. it's like a okay. I don't know what it's mixed with because I don't know a ton about dogs, but he's very good other than that. Like he's very quiet. It's literally just when he gets in the crate. I have a bunch of uh, blankets in there. I, I put his um his food in there. They said like that creates like a safe space for him. Um, so I feel like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. I think but, there's a. I mean, depending how I just have to sit it out. Just yeah, like let him howl there, all night. There, there is a, a a sit it out phase for sure. Um, there is going to be times you're going to be waking up. Yeah, I mean, if it gets past that point. Then, then maybe start asking for tips. I mean, ask him now because there's a lot of people, a lot of better people that know uh, about that stuff that more than me. I haven't had a dog since I was a kid, but uh, interesting. Yeah, wait it out. Keep us updated, though. Have you named it? What's the name of the I, dog? I have. Are you ready? I'm ready. Kingsley. Kingsley. I like it. Okay. Kingsley. In honor of the Ben, young, the or? young king, first of his name. <laughs> ah, I love it. I love it. So, uh, dog tips. Shrine Week is when should you sign Wentz now or not? A, a bunch of stuff that we've covered here on uh, Go Birds number fifty three. Appreciate everybody listening, and we'll catch you uh, next week with uh, with some hopefully some new Eagles news and get you ready for the Senior Bowl as well. For Elliot Shore Parks, I'm John Barchard, and uh, we'll see you real soon. Bye bye.